I was called by Dateline producers, see, because they kept hearing me talk about how we can train kids to be upstanders and they didn't buy it. So they flew me in and they were going to put a little uh, sting on parents together. Parents didn't realize that uh, kids were going to be coming to that Sheridan and what they were going to be doing is actually being filmed by the Dateline crew. Welcome fellow humans to the Public and Permanent Podcast from IROC2.org, a collection of stories shared by you every week to help develop our digital consciousness, cultivating a productive, positive, and powerful global village. I am your host, Richard Gary. Let's go. All right. So I'm privileged again to have Dr. Michelle Borba with us for another story time. And today we're really going to learn about really how you not just become an upstander, but how you can create or promote moral courage. If you're seeing bullying, if you're uh, being bullied, how can you basically face that or, or help someone out? And so Dr. Borba, welcome and thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, thank you. I, I love this topic. It started, interestingly enough, at a, at a hotel at the Sheraton in New Jersey. I was called by Dateline producers, see, because they kept hearing me talk about how we can train kids to be upstanders and they didn't buy it. So they flew me in and they were going to put a little uh, sting on parents together. Parents didn't realize that uh, kids were going to be coming to that Sheraton and what they were going to be doing is actually being filmed by the Dateline crew. Now, how we did it was kind of fascinating. What they did is they put a great big, huge, just ad in all the New Jersey papers, and it was for kid actors. Please come on in and audition for a role on a movie. And of course, it's going to be for a reality show for middle school kids. And that means every middle school kid across New Jersey was coming into that day to the Sheraton. Parents dropped them off. And then what we did is we separated the parents from the kids. Parents and kids both didn't realize this is really Dateline. So here they are, groups hmm. of kids coming in. And we put them in small groups, very small groups. Parents are now in the back. So what they did is we put kids in threes in a small room, there's a hidden camera crew behind the wall. And what these three kids do when they're coming in for the audition is sitting and waiting. Three other kids are also in the room, but they're trained. They're actors. One's gonna portray the role of a bully. Another's <laughs> going to be a henchman and the other's gonna be a bullied child. And no adults are in the room. We're sitting on the other side and the rolling of the cameras begins when the actors begin their role and they do a very, very fine job. One kid begins to bully another child and you can see the acting of that victim. Oh my gosh, she's so upset. And they do all kinds of things to him, like take his controller away from him. They take all of his seats away from him. They do everything. And what we're doing is not watching the actors. We're watching the three kids who are bystanders. Do any of them step in and speak out? The fascinating thing is my first clue to this was how the parents in the other room were responding. When I asked the parents who were sitting there with me, do you think your kid is going to stand up and speak out to the bully? The first clue is almost every parent said, oh no. And I said, well, why? Well, because he is 
auditioning for an acting role and that's far too important. And that was my first clue. Absolutely. <laughs> would none of those kids speak out. And so it would roll and roll and roll. And once again, of course, no kids did anything until finally what happened was the last, at the end of the day, three more kids came in to supposedly audition. Then they were three girls that time. We've always changed the genders. We've changed a little bit of the ages. They were all middle school kids. But that time when I asked the parents, do you think your kid will speak out? I'll never forget Lucy's father on the other side. He immediately was emphatic. Oh, she better speak out. You have no idea how important this is. We talk about this all day long, that in case this happens, here's what you do. Service learning is really important in our house. Empathy and character is absolutely essential in the house. That kid better speak out. And I'm going, I have a feeling she will. Yeah. And what happened was exactly that. The bullying started, the actors were great. And you could see within seconds, I, I get, oh my God, I'll never forget it. Lucy's face, this precious kid, about 12 years of age, started to look distressed. And she did everything textbook perfect. She moved a little closer to the kid who was the target. She asked him, are you okay? She did everything that you possibly could to try to, to speak out. The kid who was the bully actually that time was a really good looking 13 year old actor male and you're going oh my gosh Lucy what are you gonna do she turned around and said you're hurting that kid you better stop it at that point I asked one of the producers to pretend to just walk in and look like they're looking for something the producer walked in because there's no adults present and immediately Lucy turns and goes this kid shouldn't get the job she's really making fun of this kid do something speak out and uh -huh. I, I'll never forget the father because at that point when Lucy began to to speak out for this child the father stood up and go that's my girl god do i love her he started to cry <laughs> every cameraman started to cry we were all a basket case and we're going oh my gosh does this tell you something it tells you that kids can be upstanders if they have somebody who acknowledges the importance of courage i told the producer get in there and help this kid before she has ptsd <laughs> he, we run in there to lucy who is now crying and i said lucy this was all a ruse what you have just done is tell every kid across america that Courage is something that really does make a difference. And she said, you mean he really wasn't being bullied? No, Lucy, he wasn't. We were all there filming to let you know that kids can make a difference. She couldn't stop crying. The father couldn't stop crying. And every cameraman, 50-year-old men, were just in tears, cheering. The power of kids. What a difference you can make. Wow. And so her father, basically, he knew based on what he had probably taught her in, in home. He had instilled a couple of things that I now realize. Number one, he instilled in her moral identity, and that is a benchmark to mobilizing kids to step up. He told her over and over again, in this house, you do the right thing. In this mm -hmm. house, if you see somebody who's being treated unfairly, you speak up, Lucy. And that's what the first thing was. Second of all, Lucy had empathy. And I'm thinking that a lot of that was because her father had had her do service learning. They did a lot of empathy building in the home. And so Lucy, you could see her at the very beginning, turn and look at that kid's face, read his emotions. And emotional literacy is another gateway to upstanding.
she wasn't going to step in unless she was sure that that kid was really upset and wanted help. But the third thing the father did, brilliant. They role-played how to step in. There were different kinds of things. And so the first thing that Lucy did, you could see that, was that she walked a little closer to him. Mm -hmm. So I always tell kids, one of the easiest things you can do is not speak out. Just put your power towards the kid who's being victimized because you'll draw the audience away from the other kids who were wanting the, the, the bully to get the credit. No, don't give him the bar. Give the kid who's being picked on the credit. She used an excuse. And that's another thing you could do. When the producer came in, she said, come on, let's all go out the other door. She was using kinds of excuses to give him just a gateway to leave. She spoke out, but she didn't speak out in long term. It was nothing more than stop. Stop right. it. That's rude. You can't do that. You're being picking on that kid. That's not right. And finally, she told. She told another adult. She had the power to be able to say, stop this and he's being being picked on but those are all things that the father had taught lucy they role played them together and so when the push come to shove and she needed to be able to step in she knew what to do our kids want to be courageous but many times they say but i don't know what to do and right. i don't want to make it worse but they role played it together when lucy stood up uh, to the person who was um, bullying in that room did she have an attitude about her or did she just was she very calm what was her demeanor when she in interjected when lucy finally stood up to the guy who that was the actor who was doing the bullying what was most remarkable that to this day i'll never forget this she was extremely calm her whole body posture changed until she was straight looked right at him and calmly told him stop that's not right there was a seriousness to it, but there was just wrenching empathy on her face. And that's when I realized it was empathy that's the antidote. Empathy was a driving her courage. You put those together and it's a win-win and she was unstoppable. Yeah, it sounds like there was a real calm confidence that, um, that, that brought courage to the situation. Yeah, she had it, but I think she had it because it had been role modeled to her by her dad. That's awesome. So, yeah. And so if any parents are listening, I mean, it starts at home, you know, what maybe role playing is a great idea. I mean, you don't have to do it every second of every day, but just in a situation, you know, maybe one day your kid comes home from school and you say, how was your day? And maybe they, they open up and they tell you about somebody who was being picked on, or maybe they were the one being picked on. Right. And so. Yeah, I think that's and what kids are telling me is that they want to step in, but they don't know how. Yeah. So the first thing is, you give them a repertoire of options of what they could do. Some kids are a little quieter. Some kids are more vocal. So very often the speaking out may not work for some kids. Brainstorm together. What could you do? And then you practice it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit till your child feels comfortable doing with it alone without you. You can point it out. You can watch the movie Mean Girls and you can mm. say, here's one thing else that you could do. Or have you seen somebody else? If you point it out in context, and you give your kids options, they'll find the one that works for them. You do it in a calm moment because then they can do it when they really need it in those, in those dark and dreary moments when they have to step in and they want to speak out. Yeah, you know, and I'm reminded of the last time we met where we were talking about empathy and we were talking about how when you actually see how um, the change on somebody's face that you can make, I would imagine that 
any individuals in that room or maybe even watching that show who saw the, the change that she made or what she did, um, I, I wonder if that didn't in and of itself promote moral courage to everyone in that room, helping them all understand the difference that they can make if they apply the same actions. The interesting thing was, and now each kid is different, and we did, we kept filming and filming and filming lots of different segments that were very short. We're talking 10 minutes. But when I interviewed the kids afterwards, most of them said, I saw his distress, I felt for him, but I didn't know what to do. Mm. So it was the Lucy who knew what to do that it kicked in. But without the emotional literacy of being able to, to look up and see and recognize the distress, that's the gateway to be able to go the step in and put your empathy into compassionate action. That's what you're looking for. It was a powerful moment that really confirmed to me, we're not doing this good enough. Mm. We're missing some of the pieces. And in fact, when I ask a lot of kids, why didn't you step in? Over and over again, similar kinds of things come in. I didn't know how, I didn't want to make it worse. I wasn't sure if it was bullying, which means we also need to teach our kids that bullying has three parts to it. It always has, number one, it's cruel and intentional, so it's not an accident. The second thing is you see a power imbalance, and that is one kid can't hold their own. And the third thing about it is that it, it's just not right. You, you know in your instinct that something's going on, you see the person's face and you realize that they want help, but you want to step in to do something right about it. Yep. If there's any educators listening, that might be a, a, a really good lesson plan to put in place. It doesn't seem like it would take very long to, to set up um, maybe a, different, a few different scenarios in your school, whether it's in gym class or, or advisory class, and then go through you know, some of the appropriate things. because. I mean, I think you make a great point. You know, there are some kids who may really want to help and they just don't want to say anything, but maybe that's when they learn, okay, I can remove the person being bullied from the situation, or I know a guidance counselor I can go talk to to bring into the situation. Um, and maybe as an educator, that's a way that you can kind of teach some of these lessons uh, in, in the school. Are you aware of any schools that do that? Uh, yeah, yourself? I have been absolutely one of my heart's starting to patter when you ask that. I have gone to so many schools and when I see that they're doing right, first of all, I do assemblies for kids, but I always do them when we role play, here's different kinds of things you can do. Uh, and I think those assemblies seem to be powerful. Another one I did was an on an army base overseas in Germany. And what they did then is they used the fifth grade video camera crew and they were pretty sharp kids. And what they did is video different scenarios of kids who were role playing them. And then they put them as, as PSA announcements over their, their speaker systems and their video cameras. So kids kept watching and watching and watching different ways you can step in and uh, be an upstander. That seemed to be really helpful. I've seen other ones is that teachers take the things that we just role played or different scenarios and they take photos of kids blow them up paste them on a poster so they're reminded of them the other thing that I teach kids is if you really want to do this right and you want to speak out then you, the most important beginning rule is always look at the color of the talker's eyes when you do it because if you do it what happens is your head will actually be held higher 
and you'll have stronger body language. And as a result, you're going to look more confident. You're going to look more powerful and you're going to be taken more seriously. So you can break those up. So the first step is always look at the color of the talker's eyes. And maybe that's what you do as a parent and just repeat that over and over again and play it until you finally see a change and your child holds their head up a little higher. That's step one. Mm -hmm. Then start brainstorming and rehearsing what strong voice looks like or sounds like. And that means listen to my voice. Stop it. Stop it. Which one do you think that that bully's going to take seriously? Stop it. Not a wimpy voice, but a strong voice. You put it all together. And what happens is your child begins to feel stronger, look stronger, sound stronger. And as a result, he's going to be taken more seriously. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. And well, you know, one of the things that as you're going through that, I, I like how it's just stop it, right? Because if it's stop it and then you add a, an adjective, right, to describe the bully or you yeah. say stop it and you add something derogatory, then you're just then you're just making things worse, right? Exactly. And I learned that from police officers. I said, what is the best thing that kids could say to another kid? And they said, tell them not to say so much. Just make it a short, stop it with a period or an explanation point. That's it. Because a lot of times they get into a verbal battle with the other mm -hmm. person and stop it is just so simple or cut it out. Or if you don't want to say anything, you use a hand signal, just a straight old hand signal like an umpire and don't say anything, but look firm and you can say the same message. I've seen numbers of kids just do the hand signal and what happens is other kids who don't know what to do come up and do it with them and it put down the kid who was doing something very mean and vicious and cruel and intentional to another child talk to the hand yeah what age um what age would you say is a good time to start learning um or, or teaching some of the things that we're talking about because i know you know a lot of like as my yeah. kids were growing up there were a lot of television shows where you know, they teach lessons, uh, Disney Junior, Nick, Nick Junior, things like that. Um, what, a, what a age group would you say if parents listening would be a good time to start introducing these concepts or advice? Age two. <laughs> I'm not two. kidding. You serious, Clark? <laughs> two, because you can always look at the color of the talker's eyes at age right? two. And okay. you can do that for five years. Yeah. I think what we do is we try to make these huge lessons and we put them all into a one minute. Okay, now we're going to talk about how to do bullying prevention in 20 minutes. Right, but in right. reality, there's lots and lots of little pieces that we put together. I also teach calm, C-A-L-M. Kids love it because there's four pieces to it. C is you want to be taken seriously. You got to cool down first because if you look upset, you cry, you whine, not nah, you've lost it. A is assert yourself, but don't try to say too much. Just cut it out or stop it. That's it. That's the assert. So C, stay cool. A, assert. L is look them in the eye, eye to eye. And M is make your voice sound like you mean it. Be firm and strong. Well, each one of those is a lesson that could be year long. But yeah. you put them all together slowly what you do is you raise your child to be strong and confident. And that's what you need to have your child be, not just at two, three, four, and middle school and high school, but let's be clear, the rest of their lives are gonna be using those same skills. Absolutely, you're building leadership. I think the most important thing is kids need to know they're more powerful than they're giving themselves credit for. And very often, the most important thing, don't let the bully have the power. Right. The easiest thing you can do is silently move the power from standing by the bully to standing by the kid who's targeted. And very often what happens is other kids will start moving towards you. Your job is to not try to move everybody there, but if you just model it, 
you'll be surprised at how many of your friends really want to help, but they don't know what to do. And that's a simple way to begin. Yeah. Well, that's super, super great advice. And I hope any parents out there are listening. And if you have your kids in the, in the room, maybe, you know, play this for them because there's some great advice here to try and end uh, really an epidemic in this country, both online and, and offline. And so lesson of the day, you know, be an upstander, apply the lessons that you've learned in this, in this um, podcast. And um, Dr. Borba, I can't, well, I can't thank you enough again for bringing your brilliance to this episode, to this show. I, I, I really appreciate it. And um, thank yeah. you so much. It's been an honor. Well, an incredible thanks to you for taking your time to share this story and this lesson with us today. Cheers. I just want to thank you all again for the privilege of your time. We also want to thank everybody who submitted a voicemail and email to be on the show. We are reviewing all of your stories and we will be in touch. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow us and like us on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. You can learn more about the podcast, including how you can leave us a voicemail or an email to be on the show where people can share ideas, thoughts, stories, and support, as well as learn more about some of our featured guests and downloadable documents and other information we'll be providing as the season continues. For all of this information and more, please visit our website at www.iroc2iroc2.org forward slash podcast. Thank you all so much again for listening. I look forward to telling you more stories and hearing your stories. Remember, you're listening to this on a tool that connects you to billions of people. So use that tool to be amazing. Be well, friends. Cheers. Cheers.